0: Thank you, Bob. We look forward to getting to know you over the next few months as you work with our choir. Thank you, Matthew. That piece is as fun on the piano as it is sung, so that was an extra fun. Soon after my brother-in-law retired, he and my sister found themselves engrossed in the process of the rigorous training to become Red Cross volunteers. They attended classes and seminars. They filled out lots of paperwork. They learned the ins and outs of the organization and they became the first go-to's in their South Carolina county to assist those in need. At all hours of the day and at all hours of the night, they would get the call. There's been a fire. The storm blew a tree right through a house. Some random catastrophe left a family in great need, and at that signal they would jump in their car and head to the scene and try to help a devastated family begin the process of putting their lives back together and getting back on their feet after having lost, sometimes, everything. Or when a natural disaster would hit somewhere in the country, they would catch a plane sleep on cots in a school gym, opening up shelters to provide protection for those in harm's way. It's so odd. When I dream about my retirement years, this is not what I imagine. I picture picturesque Greece, or a pilgrimage to Rome, Or sleeping late, only to get up and enjoy a cup of coffee by the lake, because in my retirement daydreams, we end up living on a lake. Please, Lord, let it be. (laughs) I knew I'd get one amen. But like Isaiah, my brother-in-law and sister, and thousands of others hear a call, and they respond. But take note. No one called them and asked them to do this. They just wait for it, volunteered. I've never noticed about this particular text before this week of study that Isaiah wasn't called. I think This text is usually described as Isaiah's dramatic call to ministry. I mean, you read that poetic vision. It is dramatic. And so we've always referred to it as Isaiah's dramatic call to ministry. But a closer reading would be more accurately described as Isaiah's dramatic volunteering for ministry. We place so much emphasis on the calling. It's how we're spending our entire epiphany season asking you if you've been called. Have you heard the call? Perhaps we've forgotten that sometimes it's simply about volunteering. Thinking about the other key moments of encounters in Scripture between the divine and the human, we think of maybe the call of Abraham or the call of Jacob, the call of Moses, the call of Samuel. They all responded, here I am, to God's calling them explicitly and repeatedly by name. Isaiah is not called in this story in that same way in that same way rather he volunteers when he hears the question asked there's only one other place in scripture where someone answers here I am to a call that was not extended and that was god later in the book of isaiah chapter 65 We see God saying, I was ready to be sought out by those who did not ask, to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that did not call on my name. Even God volunteers to show up without being asked. Perhaps we get so stuck in waiting to be called or waiting to be asked, sometimes even sulking a bit about it, that we land in a pool of self-pity. It starts in our childhood. The anxiety of waiting to be chosen for the team. Have I tapped a trigger nerve for you? Is that not the worst moment ever? Now, if you're super cool super good-looking, super athletic, you do not know what I'm talking about. If you're everybody else, you know that feeling of two captains are chosen. Now here's all the people. Choose your team. It's that moment of Red Rover, Red Rover, where you're standing there begging God, let them ask to send Amy right over. But what if your name is never called? Don't you remember that worry? And don't you remember feeling terrible for the last person chosen? It's such a terrible system. We need to stop choosing teams that way. Perhaps those images get so stuck in our deepest core that we spend a lifetime just waiting for our name to be called, to serve on this committee, to be chosen to represent, to ask to do some to be asked to do some task, but what if we followed Isaiah's lead here and simply said, here I am, choose me, ask me, send me. I'm ready, I'm willing, I'm able. Wow, would our jobs be easier if that's how it worked around here. If when you heard the need, you simply said, Here I am. I've got this. When Liza asked for a children's Sunday school teacher, or when Joey asked for youth chaperones, or when the director of music wanted more choir members, or when Dan needed someone to stay for a room in the inn or give blood, or when Ann needed someone to be a greeter, or when lunch needed to be prepared for the uptown men's shelter, what if you said, ooh, 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 pick me, pick me? Let me take you back to your childhood one more time. You know the kid in the classroom that has their hand in the air and it's not high enough and so they inched up a little more and then they take the other hand and hold it up because they're so tired and then they start snapping their fingers and jumping up and down? Be that kid. That is Isaiah's story. pick me. Pick me. I've seen it happen even just in the last few weeks. Russ mentions on the snow Sunday when he and I are the only two in the room, but a bunch of you are watching along, he mentions, let's start a disaster relief team. And that afternoon or the next day, David Jackson calls to say, yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Then Russ mentions on a Wednesday night meetup that David has stepped up. Would others like to join in? And Lisa Mason types in the comments that she wants to be involved. And it's happened so many times before. Years ago, I presented a Bible study on a Wednesday night about Moses and the burning bush. My memory of this is that Debbie Brown came up to me on that Wednesday night and said, I have seen the bush burning and it's not being consumed by fire and I think that means I'm supposed to lead a senior adult exercise group and then for years and years and years she led the stretching and the bending and the stepping and the leg lifting that has kept our seniors young and healthy and alive. And they've also become a group that's community for one another that prays for one another, that visits one another, that celebrates birthdays together. My favorite time is to walk into their exercise time when there's a big cake for someone's birthday because that's a good exercise group. And when Debbie was ready to retire from that, Robert Mullis stepped right in. I'm not even sure if anybody asked him. But I know for certain that there was no bribing or cajoling or begging or pleading. But this is the low hanging fruit of volunteerism it's important, it's worthy, it's needed, but there's always more. It's not good that the lectionary stops us in the text where it does today. The lectionary stops us with, Here am I, send me, as if the next few verses aren't there. But if you keep reading, this is what God says. So Isaiah has just said, Pick me, pick me. And God said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Say what? What did I just sign up for, Isaiah said? You want me to preach in such a way that no one will understand what you are saying in order to be certain that they will never really change their terrible ways? In other words, God bids Isaiah to a failed ministry. Little wonder that the prophet goes on in a few verses to wail, How long, Lord? And God says, until cities lie ruined without inhabitant, houses without people, and the land is utterly desolate. Who signs up for this? This is why you don't tell people what you really need. You don't give the fine print when you're asking people to volunteer, because they would never sign up then. Don't you think if Isaiah had gotten all of that before saying, Pick me, pick me, he would have skipped worship that day. And he surely would have walked back on those words, Here I am, send me. One commentator says that what God was saying in this message is that Isaiah's call will not be for sweet preaching of comfort and joy but rather for the harsh demands of gospel living. You know, what we're called to say, what we're called to volunteer to do, is to tell the world that the last are first, the least are the greatest, and the greatest among us will be a servant, and nobody wants to hear that. 2,000-year-old words have regularly been met by dull ears, sightless eyes, and clouded minds. God understood. You ask for the volunteers. Don't give them the whole message they've got to tell. Let them say, here I am, send me. Then you tell them the job that's ahead. So by all means, respond to the call. It's out there. Whom shall I send? Who will go? And all of you are supposed to say, I'll do it. But beware. The call is never easy. And it's never simple to grasp. And it's not designed for comfort and success. It's an ensmallment campaign often. Because who wants to sign up for this life of gospel living? My guess is if you're sitting here, if you're tuning in, There's some little nugget within you that has said at some level, whether it's the kid jumping up and down or the little tiny, pick me. If you've invested this moment, maybe there's something stirring in you that says, here I am. Send me. Who? You? Yes, you. And me. May it be so. Amen.